Small Farm Nation Academy includes lessons, resources, mastermind interviews, and a forum for branding, marketing, and growing your farm business. Join today at smallfarmnation.com slash academy. It's easy to grow your farm or small business, right? Just define your ideal customer and just find more like them. Hey, it's Tim Young of smallfarmnation.com. Today, I'm going to put an end to this myth and explain why it's not about your ideal customer, but rather it's about you. You know, it's frustrating when we start a farm or any new business, right? We hear things like, if you build it, they will come. And the experts advise us to just define your ideal customer, our avatar in modern speak, and then we're all set. Simple as that. Have you heard this before? Look, here's an example of what this process looks like to define an ideal customer. I'm going to call mine Jane. And I think Jane works in advertising. She has two kids and she lives on the outskirts of a major city. Let's say Dallas. Jane enjoys spending time with family, cooking from scratch, and playing with her cats. You know, so far, sounds like a profile you might see on a dating site, but I like Jane, don't you? Now, let's see what else we know about Jane, our mythical ideal customer. She values organic, sustainable, locally sourced food that is non-GMO, of course, and she detests factory farming. I mean, don't we all? So, Naturally, her brand values are conservative and traditional with a strong need for integrity. Well, great. That should help us with naming our farm business and with naming all of our products, as well as font and color selections and all of our copywriting. I mean, Jane is awesome, right? And this is what we're told to do, to create an avatar like this and even put a picture with it. But is that really sound advice? On first glance, I suppose it is. I mean, it sounds both simple and logical, and that's what we want to hear. Just target people who are likely to buy from you. So, in theory, it's one of those things that sounds sensible. So people keep repeating this advice you hear over and over. You don't believe me? Just Google how to identify your ideal customer, and you'll see millions of results on it. But despite being advice frequently dished out, there's a big problem taking this approach. And actually, in my experience, there are five problems with this approach. Here's the first problem. If you try to nail or target an ideal customer with your branding, you're going to exclude all others. I mean, sure, I I suppose it's great if we get lucky and nail your ideal customer and pick the right words, phrases, colors for your website. But what if you're off the mark? You turn people off never to return never to come back and see you again and give you a second chance. So while it seems to make sense that you should talk about your customers first and their needs, if you have a farm business, I'm going to give you the opposite advice. Start with talking about you, your vision, your mission, your reason. Now, it may make you feel uncomfortable, but it's much better to start off talking about you rather than a made-up ideal customer and share your story. And that's what leads me to the second problem I have with this whole notion of an ideal customer. You didn't set out to start your business serving an ideal customer, did you? And that's not what you thought about. You set out to create something you love, to follow your dream. I mean, why did you start your business? 
Did you do it because you had some mythical dream customer in mind that you wanted to serve, that you sat around and you thought about Jane, this mythical customer, and said, oh, I think I'll go create a business for her? I don't think so. Or was it because you wanted to do something you loved, something you were passionate about, and then share the result of that business, whatever it was, with whoever wanted to support you? I mean, do you think Apple started this way with a single dream customer in mind that Amazon, do you think Polyface did in the farming world? Do you think that we did that at Nature's Harmony, the farm I started? Of course not. And you didn't either. Look, I know what it takes to start a business. It takes passion. Now, if you want to be successful, it takes much more than just passion, but it's rare to see a business started that wasn't fueled by passion. And it's that passion you need to put eloquently into words, because when you do it right, you accomplish two things by doing that, two very important things. The first is that your words will inspire and resonate with people, people who care about your new business and will support you. And the second thing that well-crafted words and images will accomplish is that they'll cast a wide net. And believe me, you're going to need that wide net, at least until your operation has matured. Now, I'll tell you why as it segues into my third argument against worrying about ideal customers. And listen, I've started several businesses in my life. Some sold services to B2B technology companies. One provided marketing support services to large mutual funds and financial institutions. Others were food businesses. I mean, we produced everything from gourmet fudge to, that was good fudge, by the way, to grass-fed beef and artisan cheese. And pretty much every time, the customers who bought and supported the business were radically different from what I imagined at the outset. I mean, I used to believe the same advice you hear a long time ago, both from marketing experts and so-called business strategists. So I would define my ideal customer and try to target them, only to find, obviously, that everyone in my competitive landscape was targeting the same customers. So right away, I'd be in a slugfest, fighting it out with others, competing for the same customers, and using the words and phrases that we all thought those customers wanted to hear. And no matter what business you're in, you have competitors, believe me. I mean, if you're a farm, you compete with other farms, co-ops, farmer's markets, grocery stores, Blue Apron, home gardening and cooking, you name it. There's lots of alternatives to what you offer. And that ideal customer you're targeting only has so many dollars to go around. So all those outlets I just named want those dollars just as much as you do. So how do you stand out in that field? How do you not get into a competitive slugfest? Well, you stand out by talking about you. As I said, your story, your vision, what you're doing and why that's different, why someone should care about it. Listen, there's a lot of people, believe me, I know a lot of them myself, who listen to Joel Salatin or read his wonderful books and set out to emulate what he's doing. And they flop without understanding why. Because it isn't just the polyface farming model of layered enterprises that makes the farm successful, not by a long shot. It was Joel's branding through his engaging and outspoken personality that differentiated his farm, that earned him attention and attracted customers to him. As I said, I don't think he thought too much about who his ideal customer was. He thought about what was wrong with industrial farming, what was right about his ecologically sound layered approach to farming, and he shouted that from the rooftop to anyone who would listen. He didn't say, 
If you're my ideal customer, listen to this. He shouted his beliefs and people responded. And like Joel, I learned long ago to stop worrying about who my ideal customer was. Instead, I just became proficient at communicating who we were, what we were doing, and why we were doing it so that customers would find and support us. So that's reason number three. Your customers will end up being different from what you imagine anyway. Starting a farm business is rewarding, but you know what isn't? Learning that profitable farming is only 20% about growing and 80% about marketing. But now there's an easy way to learn how to market your farm. It's the Small Farm Nation Academy, an online membership site with courses on everything related to marketing and growing a farm business. Courses like building your farm brand, website design, list building and email marketing, public relations, social media marketing, and more. Plus, Academy members get discounts on everything from hatchery chicks and electric fencing to cool bots and gardening supplies. So if you're serious about having a profitable farm business, connect with other farmers today in the Academy at smallfarmnation.com. That's smallfarmnation.com. Join today and get growing. Okay, let's move on to reason number four, which is you're going to have many different types of customers anyway. Now, it would be nice if every customer was like my mythical ideal customer, Jane. Marketing would be easy, but that's not the real world. Over time, you're going to have many different types of customers. In the high-tech world, these are known as early adopters, early majority, late majority, and so on. But the same concept applies to farming and local food. I mean, one minute a restaurant opens and it's the new hot thing for early adopters. The next minute, it's out of business, unless it becomes very proficient at marketing and, of course, offers a great dining experience, but that part should go without saying. Some customers want to be trendy. Some are going to take actions that their friends think are risky, like drinking raw milk, for instance. For those risk takers, you don't need to use words and tactics to convince them. They're believers already. But for later comers, the early majority on the other side of the chasm, you need to modify your marketing tactics over time to effectively communicate and reach them. In other words, the words, phrases, and images that convert early adopters are radically different from later customers. The point I'm making is that you're not going to have a single ideal customer. So don't look for one. You're going to end up with many different types of customers, whether you're a farm or whether you're any kind of small business, you know this is true. You're going to end up with many different types of customers that you're not going to be able to put in a bucket and say, here's my ideal customer. Now, later, when you do have a sizable group of real steady customers, that might be the time to survey and use Facebook pixels to better understand who they are. But that understanding won't result in an avatar, a name, or a face. It's going to define a market segment. And that's what you'll end up in the end is targeting segments. Now, let's move on to my final reason. Reason number five. Here it is. I've never seen an ideal customer worksheet that wasn't a wish list that mirrored the beliefs of the person who created it. I mean, think about it. That's what Jane was, right? I mean... We like grass-fed, so we figured Jane's li Jane likes grass-fed, right? 
you like organic. She likes organic. You hate Monsanto, so she hates Monsanto. You care about animal welfare, so she cares about animal welfare. I mean, maybe that's true. And there are certainly people out there who share your values. But that's the point I'm making. That's why you should share your values and communicate them clearly and with passion. Rather than worrying about if Jane, the ad executive, is out there and how to reach her, because you're not going to find her. You're not going to find Jane. So don't waste any time looking for her. You don't have time for that. Now, it is true that we want to carefully craft all of our branding elements, the words we write, the colors we use, and so on. But I don't want you to write words and use colors that you think the mythical Jane would respond to. I mean, maybe Jane likes pink or teal or whatever, so I'm going to use those colors. That's ridiculous. I want you to communicate your passion, values, and beliefs because it takes a lot of energy and money to hunt for customers. So our goal is not to hunt for them. Your goal is to attract them, to be a magnet for what you do in your market so that customers seek you out. Now, in terms of how you do that, I dive much deeper into this topic and all these topics and show you how to market your farm or small business inside the Small Farm Nation Academy. It's my online membership site with video courses, downloadable files such as business plans and worksheets. It's got a rich member community and discounts on farm supplies such as cool bots, fencing from Premier One, and even hatchery chicks. So if you're interested more in this, check that out if you want. But to recap this episode, here are the five reasons why I think you're wasting your time looking for an ideal customer. Reason number one, by targeting a single ideal customer, you're excluding all others. Reason number two, you didn't set out to target an ideal customer, did you? You started or you're going to start because of your passion. If you haven't started yet and you're dreaming of a business, answer me this. Are you thinking about an ideal customer? Are you thinking about your dream business, what you're passionate about? Reason number three, the people who end up buying from you will be radically different from what you imagine at the outset. <laughs> so you can try to guess all you want, but you're going to be wrong. Reason number four, all ideal customers end up looking like wish list, So they're not real anyway. And reason number five, you're going to have many different types of customers over time rather than a single ideal customer. And they're going to be target segments. They're going to be going to groups. And you won't understand that until you already have those customers and you're able to profile them. So just cast a wide net based on your passion and belief. Share it eloquently and passionately, and you will find customers, and you will succeed. Okay, Small Farm Nation, that's it for me in this episode. Remember, you can keep up with me and all my content at smallfarmnation.com. There's a link on the site to my free farm marketing group on Facebook where thousands of farmers discuss issues important to growing their farm and their food business. Of course, I'd love to have you be part of the Small Farm Nation Academy, and you'll find more information about that on my site also at smallfarmnation.com. As always, you can find the show notes from this episode on smallfarmnation.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or elsewhere. If you haven't already, please take a second to leave a review on iTunes. I read them all and I sure do appreciate it. Okay, until next time, here's to hoping you and your farm business get growing. Well, you don't know what you're feeding yourself. You just buy whatever's on the shelf. You don't care if it's full of GMO And what's inside them, nobody knows 